it's very important for individuals to think about diversity and inclusion in respect of progressing as an individual and, and moving forward as opposed to just knowing what to say and what not to say. Welcome to the Ad Tech Heroes podcast. Each episode features an interview with today's leaders in advertising technology. If you're working in ad tech and always wanted to sit down and pick the brains of today's experts, then this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we meet a new ad tech hero. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at SeedTag.com. Hello and welcome to the Tech Heroes podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion, and I'm delighted to be joined by Azad and Samit. Azad has over 10 years experience in the UK programmatic industry, where he has worked at Dentsu, The Exchange Lab and Publicis. His current role is the Head of Performance Insight at Spark Foundry. Samit has over 12 years experience working at multinational companies and consultancies, focusing on innovation and transformation. He now works as the Global Head of Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging at one of the largest media and technology companies in the Nordics, Shibstead. Hi Azad, hi Samit, great to have you here today. Hi, how's it going? Good, thank you. Just to kick start really, it'd be great to understand both your careers and what's got you here today. Let's start with you, Samit. Thanks for inviting me, great to be here. I have a finance background, basically, and I started in finance in a telecom company in Norway, where I spent a few years and leading up to working on the group level on transformation. So in the Telenor context, it was around industrialization, going from 13 kind of companies to one and creating those synergies, looking at how we could be a global one company. After that, I spent a few years in a consultancy a company called the Ramble Group. I worked in a group level there with digital and innovation, also a transformation journey. But on the side of that, I've been active in the society, working on something called the Norwegian Turbine Day, and I sit in several councils and boards with touches upon the kind of diversity element in this. So I would say that kind of in business, I work with business transformation, whilst outside business, I work with the transforming kind of the society. And all this leads up to making companies and business and society a better place to be, no matter what kind of background you have. And so that's led up to my kind of choosing to work with diverse inclusion and belonging here in Shipstead, which is where I think it's a link between kind of working with transformation in business and transforming kind of how we act and how we embrace differences in the business life. And Azad? Hi, yeah, I guess like many other people, I fell into the space. I, I studied more around kind of information systems. So, so I was always interested in, in tech and the role which I started off at Amnet at the time. Actually, it was, it was technically it was I prospect at the time. And then a, a couple of months later, Amnet officially formed. Technically, say I'm, I was one of the initial members of, of Amnet. There were six of us at the time. So seeing where it's, it's gone to, it's yeah, it's been amazing to, to, to see. So I, I was there for a good kind of two and a half years. I then moved on to the Exchange Lab and it, again did that for about two and a half years. And I've been at Publicis in, in the form of Blue Wolf Online and, and now Spark Foundry for about five years now. Been in the programmatic space all that time. So constantly seeing all the innovations and I guess it's just a really interesting space to be in or something to learn. And it kind of keeps you on your toes like all the time. So yeah, I guess that would be kind of how I've got to here. 
thanks for that, both of you. It's always good to get a, a difference of opinion from different sectors or people located in different places. So to me, obviously, you're located in Norway and as a, you're based in London, as, a, as am I. But yeah, to begin with, I think obviously we're talking about the topic diversity and inclusion today. And it's such an important topic. It's, it's front of mind for a lot of businesses, a lot of people, and it, and it, and, and it should be. But uh, in terms of diversity and, and the meaning of it, what, what does that mean to, to both of you? So as I'd like to start with you, what does diversity mean to you? I guess diversity means bringing different views and different lived experiences to the table. The ability to bring alternative ideas that can encompass like a, a wider range of individuals into the discourse. It will therefore then bring representation in interview as well. Having said all of that, diversity for it to be meaningful needs to go hand in hand with inclusion and i guess diversity sometimes can look like almost just hitting you know a quota and individuals really need to feel their authentic self in order to be able to grow the environment around them as opposed to just having to adapt to it yeah i think that's what diversity can mean but like i said in in order to make it authentic it, it needs to be hand in hand with kind of inclusion as well. Yeah, I would also support that. I think, yeah, it's about the different perspectives. And also, I, like you mentioned, Azad, I think you can't separate diversity with inclusion or belonging. It's very interlinked. So it's more powerful. And I would say right to discuss these themes all together. But just to start with the diversity, for me, it means, because I'll say the different perspectives. I also think that we have a tend to focus a lot on diversity in, in starting with the gender. So it's been a lot of focus on gender. Then you have a, a lot of focus on kind of ethnicity and, and the, the diversity aspect as such. But diversity is much more than what we see. Diversity could be, it can also be where you grew up, what school you went to, what have you experienced at your home. So there's a lot more in the diversity uh, dimension than what I think we tend to focus on or what we tend to link diversity with. But it, it's all together these perspectives, which means that it's just t- making the r- range much more wider than, than just having one perspective or one uh, kind of people involved. You have a set of people, a set of include, and much more beyond what we see necessarily. Yes, I mean, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think we're fixated on the way people look and and, and the outward facing, like you just said, but never really delve delve deep into what the person is, their upbringing, their background, not only just educational, their social upbringing and and background and their situation. And I I think that that needs to be a key focus for sure. Smeet, would you say then in the last kind of, few years it's been front of mind your role itself is focusing on diversity and inclusion and these types of roles probably didn't exist five years ago and I can't rem- I can't remember ever seeing that but I've seen definitely in the last couple of years a lot more roles whether it's uh, within our industry within the advertising or the media industry or technology but I think a lot of different industries now have this kind of head of diversity inclusion so would, would you say there's a particular reason for that why, why we've seen that change I totally agree I think the amount of position as head of diversity, inclusion, belonging in the Nordics or in Norway just have probably doubled the past year or so. I think I read that somewhere. So there's a definite kind of uh, transformation happening out there. But I will also say that there's a lot of differences uh, in uh, the different countries or regions. So uh, in the US, you probably have had these positions for years. Uh, I think also 
if you compare the Nordics with the UK, UK have also been a much more diverse society for years ahead of what we are in the Nordics. But definitely in the Nordics, there is a change happening. And we can't hide that, for instance, the Black Lives Matter made or accelerated this change. The amount of focus this have had, I think it wouldn't be possible without Black Lives Matter. So there has been a change and there is a transformation happening. Uh, and it's because also it's not we have these positions because we see uh, that there are systematic challenges in our industry and in the business world and in the society which we need to work on and to improve. So it's a good reason for having this acceleration of this area, I think. And But just to look on the other side, we see an increase in these positions coming now, but hopefully in maybe 10 years, we don't have these positions anymore because it's such a business as usual that uh, it's integrated in every every leaders and every employee's business as usual. Yeah, and as in terms of working in advertising and working in media, have you seen there been a shift or a change in this from when you started 10 years ago? Have, have you seen the diversity and inclusion being talked about a lot more? Yeah, definitely. I guess started to talk from a personal point of view and then moving out. So there was a point in time where I was just happy having a job and just appreciating like being in, in the world of work and not seeing too many people around me didn't really bother me too much because I, I was just trying to get my head down and, and get, get on with the job. Whereas over the last, I would say four or five years, I've become a little bit more aware of just how the, the lack of diversity within kind of our industry. And there are certain reasons for it. I won't go into all of them, but I, I do know that you have to be a certain type of person to or at least it felt like you had to be a certain type of person to progress. And I, I have tried to make some strides in order to better allow individuals to find it easier to get into the space. And part of that was working with a, with a few colleagues at my current company at Spark Foundry. And, and we co-developed a kind of grassroots diversity and inclusion initiative. And so that was done in 2019. And it did get a, a lot of really good response, both internally within the agency as, as well as the senior leadership team. And we started to make some good strides in terms of having more conversations about topics that we previously haven't discussed. But as Samu alluded to, a lot of what happened last year, both in terms of the, the murder around George Floyd, but also the COVID pandemic as well, I, th I think the two kind of combining just made us really put a magnifying glass on the industry as a whole. And it, it certainly helped us to realize that the space that we were in just wasn't quite good enough. And so there's definitely been a, an accelerated interest in making sure that we are moving towards a space where we are more inclusive and more diverse and, and more representative because as a media agency, so as a media industry, we need to be more representative and more aware of the general consumer. And if we're not as diverse as the general population, then that's going to come across in the work that we do for our clients. So it's definitely been accelerated um, over the last kind of 18 years. Yeah, I just want to touch on something you just talked about there. And I totally agree in the, in the sense when you're first starting out in the industry and we started 
in the industry of a very similar time. You needed to fit a certain persona or a certain face. And it's a shame because you used to look at the people that would advance or anyway from, again, this is my opinion, not anyone else's opinion. It, it used to be a case where you would look and the cer certain types of people would get the role and I don't know whether they were going out a lot more or they were more matey or fr friends with the, the bosses, etc. And that was the kind of the profile of person that would get far in the company. I do feel though, that I think that's slowly, that is definitely changing to a certain extent where, and maybe COVID and lockdown and those types of things have impacted that because you're, you're not all in the office. You're not all fighting for the attention for your boss or the type of work that you're doing. So now it's, you're really left to it and you're, and you're trusted. And, and, and I know that's completely, that, we can talk about that in for many hours but yeah i think i think yeah just on your point really that you need to fit a certain persona i have definitely seen that in the industry so me have you seen that over in the nordics have you seen when you probably started off that you needed to fit a certain profile and, and yeah how did you respond to that yeah i think that is probably the case wherever you go in the world because we have some first of all you would like to work with or be with or hang out with people that are similar as you similar people find each other because so i think that's one thing and if you don't have any friends or anyone in your circle uh with a beard and a turban, you might have some uh, prejudgment regarding uh, that persona or that person without actually like you, you would prejudge based on what. And especially if you read a lot of media and newspapers and you lead, read a lot of negative articles about this uh, look or how you associate it with negative things. I think that makes it difficult, no matter uh, if you're in Norway or UK or in India. So that's one thing. And then it's also, I think, uh, a matter of using, I think we can be much better. The, the more clear we are on what we want to achieve, what kind of actually perspectives we want or competence we want in our team. And we utilize data to actually evaluate that. Also to evaluate how we, we compensate employees, how we give people leadership positions. If we utilize data, I think we could be much more neutral. So I think that's somewhere we need to improve also in Norway. But I, I can't hide that being like different in Norway also means that I have felt sometimes that I need to take more responsibility when I go into a room and I'm the only one with a turban and a beard, I know that most likely people will be a bit afraid of reaching out to me. Not because they, they think I'm scary, but they're also afraid of offending me in one way or another. So if I want to make an impact, I feel that the responsibility lies with me. I need to jump in. I need to kind of reach out and take uh, to speak and to make a conversation. Uh, whilst that might not be the case if you don't look so different. And are you happy with that kind of ed education? And I've had it many times as well, just having a conversation. I, I travel around the world and with work and I'm lucky enough to do that. I speak to some people in different countries and they're like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from the UK. No, really, where are you from? And I know what they're getting at, but I still keep it going. So I'm like, yeah, born in the UK, just outside of London, a little place in, in Hertfordshire. And, and then they, yeah, but where, where are you from? And then I'm like, oh, you mean originally? Oh, yeah, my, my parents were born in Punjab. They came to the UK in the 60s. Uh, I was born in the UK. And then it's a conversation point. And to be completely honest, I, I don't 
feel that they're doing it in a way where it's uh, negative or, or anything like that. It's hopefully just a genuine interest to, to be to understand what different cultures and backgrounds and what they're like. But yeah, I think an education element is, is important and especially for our industries. So again, I can give, give an example of myself. I didn't know this whole advertising industry and definitely not programmatic or this whole ad tech industry existed before landing a job about 10, 11 years ago. And why was that? It was because my parents come from a manual labor background, working class background. They didn't have that education. They All they knew, the, the manual jobs that, that you see. So I didn't have anyone to relate to. I didn't have those questions because no one would be putting that in front of me. So it was either you go into finance, you go into legal, and you go into a science. And the funny thing, I've got two siblings. My sister pursued the, the legal route in her education. My brother went down the science uh, route at uni and I did the economics and the financial route. So we fit that stereotype. But the funny thing is now, none of us three actually work in any of those sectors that we were doing our education in. And that just clearly shows there's, a, there's an element of we just didn't know certain industries exist because we didn't have that background. We didn't have that the parents there that would obviously they would support us and then anything we did but they just didn't know because they were too busy working two two jobs in a week to to go out and research all the different elements out there my parents asked me several times like what what i do now <laughs> what my job is about and i must say i i struggle so much to explain to them what this job is about because this is a job that you get paid for doing that there's actually a job that takes care of actually improving or accelerating diversity in a company. Yeah, the biggest challenge has been actually to explain towards them what the head of diversity, inclusion and belonging do and why companies actually... I think it's one thing to explain to your parents. I think sometimes even people within the struggle to explain <laughs> what my actual job is. So <laughs> that's absolutely fine with me. No, that's totally true. As a, how can companies become more inclusive, do you think? And, and what have you seen any examples that have worked well? There's a number of things that companies can do. The first thing that I would say is invest. So whether it be invest in hiring paid specialists in the role, whether it be investing in training. And when I say training as well, I try to avoid talking specifically about diverse and inclusion training and, and rather talking about learning and development training, because I think it's it's very important for individuals to think about diversity and inclusion in respect of progressing as an individual and, and moving forward as opposed to just knowing what to say and what not to say. So I think that's a that's an important caveat that I think should be made. But also just in general, like offering alternatives is such a simple thing that companies can do. Cause I think we sometimes get very caught up in making sure that the majority is okay and the de democratization of individual of companies and individuals and making sure that we do what's best or we do what's best for most people whereas just very simple things for example one of the events that we try to put on not try to put on one of the events that we did put on as part of the collective is a very straightforward social event which is a couple of video games some pizzas and some soft drinks usually social events all, all center around like going out to the pub or and i think something as as very simple as that as, as an alternative not saying that we don't want alcohol anymore in, in any of our social events like that's not the point it's about making sure that there are alternatives for those that don't want to participate in certain things and 
during that event we got individuals literally coming up to me and, and and messaging me later saying thank you very much for putting that on i hadn't been to any social events in the company before and, and this was the first time that i've been to one so i think very simple things like that in terms of offering alternatives to individuals just to make them feel included i think really goes a long way so yeah those are the few points i think that's worth kind of concentrating on and Samit, do you think a certain department should be responsible for diversity and inclusion? I know in the past, or the majority I'm assuming is within the HR function, the people's function. Is that where you think it should sit or what's your opinion? So I think it typically sits in the HR department, but I really believe it shouldn't. It should be in the business because it's the, this shouldn't be the task you do just to get the policies there. And of course, that's important. But it should also be linked to how you create value in the, in the business. So it, I would rather it should sit in the, for instance, innovation department because that's if you want to innovate, you need different perspectives. Uh, it should be in the product development department because you you don't want to uh, develop products that only fit certain parts of uh, the population. So so you need to also incorporate it in the business and what you aim uh, to do. You mentioned it eventually will be you might not need a, a role right you don't won't need a summit at every company being the, the global head of diversity inclusion and ultimately it will be up to everyone and everyone will be pushing towards that goal to being more diverse and inclusive so yeah hopefully that, that is the case but i can imagine you think do you think that will happen in the next year two years or are we far off it for now just to reflect on the your first mm-hmm. statement because i think ideally i think that this is a part of leadership a good leader has also diversity competence. I think it will be a given kind of requirement from a leader. I think it is today, to be honest, uh, but we're probably lagging in the process. But in order to be a strong, good leader, this should be a natural part of that. And the transformation in the society is happening today. So if you aren't actually a good diversity manager or a good leader, you will not, uh, like in our business, we really strive to get the best talent. And that's the struggle. So if you're not uh, the best to lead that the diverse competence, uh, you will struggle as a company. So I, I really think that the, this transformation is happening now. And then I hope, I don't know, it's difficult to set, uh, set the air, but I, I hope that in uh, 10 years that it's, uh, it's just a natural part of everyone's business. And so then you have all the policies all as a fundament, of course, how you run different HR processes, but also that all leaders are very mature when it comes to uh, diversity and that they also can uh, lead diverse teams. Do you think the leaders will only really think about if it hits their bottom line or their revenue number, everything else? It seems like whenever strategy changes or there needs to be an update, the first question always is, how is it going to impact my revenue? So you think that will also be the case? Yeah, you mean if if this will be a focus when you hit the, the, the or, or you have a downfall? or Yeah, the, these leaders ultimately are targeted and bonused on, on revenue and if if they're spending their time trying to hire having a lot more interviews trying to hire a lot more diverse candidates is that put it changing their focus or moving their f- focus away from of their revenue targets or can they both work together they definitely work together but th- this is a kind of a long-term bet right uh, like innovation is if you start focusing investing in innovation today you might get the results in five to ten years and the same applies for uh, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. If you 
invest in this today, you will probably get the result in five to 10 years. And that will impact the numbers, right? Definitely. But it takes, uh, it's a long, of course. So on the short term, you need to measure it in a way to see that are we inclusive leadership in this company? And then our belief is that on the longer term, that will impact the, the, the numbers as well. Definitely. And Azad, what's important to, to why is it important having a diverse workforce? What benefits does it bring? Part of the reason why I, I mentioned having training with kind of learning and development in mind, as opposed to just DNI in isolation, it's really important that managers, whether it be senior leadership, the C-suite, to your kind of day-to-day managers as well, being able to feel comfortable in managing a, a diverse team is incredibly important for not just making sure that you are able to unleash the potential of each individual within the company and therefore then take take the company forward really in order to really yeah just grow the business bring new ideas to the table move create more efficiencies in in ways of working and ultimately financially the business will be better off if all of those kind of pieces come together so ultimately if you want to talk just about financials then having a diverse inclusive workplace will absolutely get you there if you just want to talk about having a space and an environment where you can attract the best talent again you need to have a space where managers and employees feel comfortable in a space where they can be their authentic self and therefore bring everything that they have to the table so whichever tack you want to take it's it's super important to have a space where you have a diverse in, uh, kind of workforce that feels included yeah and i think um looking at the bigger picture really you, you've got students or people entering the market now and i think there are studies to back this they're looking around and if they see everyone looks the same they question it whereas maybe 10 years ago we wouldn't have questioned it walking into a room and full of white people it would have been the norm for all of us really 10 to 12 years ago but now i think those questions are being asked because you look around movies whether it's on tv whether it's your chat show host whatever it might be everyone again on the outside looks different and there is a mix there so i think that is definitely changing and uh, we talked we touched on education as well and that education is happening and my children will hopefully know a little bit more than i did growing up and studying and there'll be a lot more opportunities given to them because everything's more globalized now from the companies that we all work at so i think that changes is happening and it's happening in a good way and you've got different different companies or different foundation like the Brixton Finishing School. I know they're doing an amazing job there in the UK trying to bring unrepresented like people, students into the industry and, and, and they're doing a great job there. And I know there's tons of others. The Women in Programmatic, I know they've launched as well, trying to have a voice and have a conversation around programmatic. And there, there's going to be a lot more initiatives like this that, that are working well for our industry. And, and yeah, so I do think it's going gonna, it's gonna to help all of us uh, massively moving. Touching on media specifically, Azad, have you seen over the years that change as well in terms of having a lot more diversity and inclusion, whether that's creatives or whether that's targeting of kind of advertising campaigns? Again, I think it's definitely something that's been brought to the table a lot more over the last 18 months or so. I think there have been companies that have been looking at it for a slightly longer period. So Channel 4, for example, I know they've been doing but audits almost of advertising and and how 
representative kind of actors within commercials have, have been and, and, and they've been a little bit more of a yeah that they've had a head start on, on the industry in, in, in certain regards but more and more organizations whether it be clients themselves whether it be media agencies i think there's definitely a lot more awareness around ensuring that we are becoming more diverse in our day jobs so from a media agency point of view our first port of call is making sure that we are as diverse and inclusive within our organization but ultimately our job is also really has has become more important now like there used to be a time where our roles didn't really feel or at least personally i didn't feel like my job was really important but increasingly these days the the job that we do is playing or has the potential to play a much larger part in society in in terms of bringing representation into a, a wider sphere so it's definitely something whether it be a creative point of view whether it be in terms of how we target media as you say and hopefully there'll be something that from a a spark and publicist point of view that we can bring to the table very shortly in in terms of something that i'm working on from a more of a a personal project from from that point of view but it's definitely something that that's coming more and more into the limelight to, to make sure that we are practicing what we preach in this space for sure and to me in in norway are you seeing being a similar way in terms of media is it getting more and more inclusive yeah so we definitely see that we have a challenge right because if we want it's a democratic challenge if we have journalists or people sitting in our organization we will not be that just belong to a certain group of people we will first of all not have the inside understanding of the society there will be where we won't understand or get the right network or the insight and we will not be able to reach them so i think it's a democratic problem if the organizations are not diverse our products will not be as diverse uh, or inclusive as we wish to be also. So the, the change is happening. So what we are trying to do also now is that we see that, like you said yourself, it was a limited kind of areas our parents knew that we should take our edu- education in. Journalism, for instance, wasn't a part of it. So we see generally for people with a multicultural background, very few go into the journalist line. So there's very, the, the pipeline of multicultural journalists is very uh, small. So then you have to think in other ways. Uh, so what we, for instance, have done now, we've, uh, we've kicked off a trainee program where we recruit people with an interesting competence or a competence that we don't have from, from the beginning or that we don't have in our organization and rather spend time to make them good journalists. We invest in actually that competence to develop it. So the change is definitely happening. And I think the whole industry is trying to explore how to do this in the right uh, way so that we can actually also mirror uh, the, the, the the society we want to have insight in and the, the society we want to serve. Yeah, and I think um, two words that stuck out there for me was patience. So having patience with, uh, we talked about education, but ensuring everyone, you know, they might have different backgrounds, but it doesn't mean that they can't do that job if they've got the right training and, and the companies are patient with them. And I think empathy as well. We've talked a lot about like checking in, uh, working with uh, our teams and, and, and just literally just checking in and just understanding what makes them tick, what, what makes them happy and, and these types of things. It sounds so obvious and sim- so simple. We all need to factor in time. We need to block out time of our, in our diaries. Otherwise, you can quite quickly forget about it, right? With your head down, you're doing a day-to-day job, 
all of a sudden it's Thursday, it's Friday, the end of the week, and you're like, oh crap, I haven't checked in with my team. So I think, yeah, that, that empathy element is, is super important. I had one final question for both of you, and it's usually how we, we finish the podcast episode. And the question is, if you had a superpower in ad tech, what would it be? So I'll start with you, Azad. It's a tricky one. I'm not sure it quite qualifies as a superpower, but I, I would say, and I'm not sure if this wording is even right, but the ability to impose ethics on people and organizations. So what I mean by that is there's a lot of access that we have to personal data, to there's, we're in a really exciting space in terms of what we can do with advertising, but with that comes a lot of responsibility as well. And I think over the years, as an industry, certainly certain individuals and certain organizations more than others, but as an industry, we've misused a lot of that data. And that's just had a, a huge backlash on now what we can do with it, but also the trust within the general consumer. So ultimately we work in advertising, but we're also consumers ourselves. And there's always an element of, all right, how is this going to be used? There's also individuals that, and organizations that will misuse it to almost like criminal degree as well so when you think about things like frauds uh, fraudulent traffic and things like that so i think just being able to make sure that we are able to use the infrastructure and and the space that we have but in a way that only is beneficial to us as organizations but also to the general public and consumers in order to rebuild that trust i think is uh yeah is is, is definitely something that that I think will be beneficial to us all. So like I said, I'm not sure if that quite qualifies as a superpower, but, but it feels like that will definitely go some way to, to building a, a huge amount of that trust that, within our space. I think then you could have a magical stick, an ethical stick where you just hit everybody that you meet and it ensures that, that they are being very ethical. I think that's a, a good one. But no, thanks. For that. it's, a, it's a really interesting one. And Samit, how about for you? Yeah, so, so I've been spending a lot of time on these questions because <laughs> I think that this is the, the, the where the magic happens. So I started with actually, yeah, to start with, you probably experienced that, you know, what, the way they see the world is often very neutral. So they don't see maybe the differences we see, like in the, how we prejudge people based on kind of the look and appearance and genders and age and everything. They just see humans. My first superpower was create that button where we can look into the world uh, with the eyes of the, a kid. So everything we made in an article or an ad or a product, we could just push that button and you could see it from the eyes of a kid. But then I thought maybe that's too simple. Uh, simple. So I, I think that I should have a dashboard with a lot of buttons. So you could press those different buttons to, to actually, if you go into a meeting, if you read an article, if you see an ad uh, or et cetera, et cetera, you can actually press that button and uh, get in front of you how it would be feel to be present in that meeting to read that article from different perspectives. Uh, so that could be your different kind of ethnicity. It could be your gender. It could be your abilities. It could be your sexual orientation or, or et cetera, et cetera. So that's my kind of uh, superpower dashboard created by me for you. You might have to patent that, I think. So people listening to this might get onto their coders and their product team straight away to build out this dashboard. I know Shibstead's got a, an army of uh, product guys, so you, I'm sure you can have a, have a conversation with them. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. No, two brilliant answers. So no, that's all we've got time for in today's episode. Thanks, Azad, and thanks, Samit, for your time. Thank you Likewise, thank you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of AdTech Heroes. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. To see all the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head over to adtechheroespodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at seedtag.com.